0: Welcome to Conversations Different, a podcast from the Santa Fe New Mexican, featuring some of Santa Fe's most interesting people. My name is Inez Russell Gomez, editorial page editor for the Santa Fe New Mexican, and today we are talking to one of the funniest guys I know. He's Ricardo Cate, cartoonist, stand-up comedian, great dad, former teacher, marine activist, and past tribal official at San Domingo or Kiwa Pueblo. Six days a week, Ricardo draws without reservations for publication in our newspaper. It's been our most popular comic strip for years. But it almost didn't happen. Ricardo, tell everyone how you came to be a part of the Santa Fe, New Mexican.
1: Oh my gosh, that was uh, 2006. No, 2007 when I walked in, I just graduated from Fort Lewis College in 2006 with the, what was it called? It's interdisciplinary... Something degree, but it was a K 12 uh, grade school teacher. So I I was uh, looking for a job, and, and I happened to bring my mom up this one particular day. It was uh, the fall of 2007, and she sells at the portel here, and uh, she wanted me to wait a couple of hours because uh, she didn't feel well, and she thought maybe if she sold a couple of pieces, she'll you know, have me drive her home. So um, I went walking around. I had my sketch pad with me, and and then I, I, I walked past the uh, the old uh, Santa Fe, New Mexican on, on Marcy Street, and uh, I, I thought, wow, I, I should go in there and see if uh, they need any writers, because I like to write. Right. I, I, I really do, and so... Uh, and I didn't even think of you know the, the cartoon, which I had actually started drawing a year before uh, at Fort Lewis College. I wound up on a school newspaper, and uh, my cartoon, Fort Leisure, became so popular that the local tribe or the tribe that the college sits on uh, belongs to the Southern Ute Indian tribe. And so they have a newspaper called the Southern Ute Drum, and the editor called and asked me uh, if I could come up with a strip specifically for that newspaper. And so I said, yeah. And so I thought, okay, um, this is great. But then he calls me back and he says, oh, I forgot to tell you, can you make them native characters? And I was like, oh, wow, I, I've never even thought of ever drawing a native character. I don't think I, up to that point, I don't think I ever had
0: so you're funny, and you tell jokes, and you, you draw funny things, but you hadn't thought about centering it on Native life or Native people.
1: No, no. I, I, they were just, I guess, generic, and uh, they weren't, you know, Native, but I guess they were white because I drew on white paper. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> um, so so that's the first. Uh, my dilemma was how do I draw these guys, these characters, without uh, offending er- anyone because the only way, I thought, was to draw them in the uh, Hollywood stereotypical uh, fashion with the loincloth, the um, feathers, braided hair, and all that. And so I uh, fixed that by simply making the Native uh, characters smarter than their non-Native counterparts. Right. And so uh, and so I, I think e- even now, you know, it's a, nobody has said anything. But anyway, um, I walk in the newspaper— that day. And, uh, I wanted to be a writer, but then, uh, I, I was talking to Bernadette Garcia and she was uh, one of the editors and she says, uh, well, we don't need any writers, you know, and, and I turned to leave, but then I remembered I was, I had my sketch pad and, uh, I already had some of my work from the previous, uh, newspaper job that I just explained. And, um, uh, I said, well, uh, do you guys, uh, need a cartoonist? And she says, uh, uh, no, we have our cartoon page is full. I said, well, um, since I'm here, uh, I could maybe draw something. You could maybe make some room, and you could put my cartoon there. And she goes, no, you, we, we can't do that. Yeah, do that. Uh, I said, why not? And She says you have to go to the syndicate. I said, uh, well, okay. Where's where's the syndicate? She said, it's in Florida. We send our uh, we get our uh, cartoon page from Florida. And I said, well, but I'm standing right here. Uh, Why don't you just look at my cartoon? She goes, look, you got to go to the syndicate. They'll put you on the page, and then they'll send it here. And I said, and I couldn't understand why I couldn't just, you know, uh, submit my stuff right there. And uh, Well,
0: it's just how newspapers work. And one of the things that's interesting about you is when you try something, you just look at the end result. You don't think about this is how it works. So... You left that day, but you came back, isn't that right?
1: No, actually, I stayed. I, I, and you know, because we went back and forth for like fifteen minutes, and finally she says, "Okay, let me see the cartoons." And I opened up my uh, sketch pad, and I must have had—I think I had like twelve cartoons. And uh, she starts laughing, and uh, other people came in. I think you did, and sports writers and other uh, people came in and pretty soon there's like 15 people in there laughing and then Bernadette says, we got to have this cartoon. And so that's how I wound up in the paper.
0: Right. And it, but it still took, it didn't happen right away.
1: Um, no, there had to be, you know, um, some glitches I had to take care of and I didn't even have to have a name for my cartoon and I was too lazy, I was so excited that it was gonna be in the paper that I I just decided to call it Cate's World, my last name. And, mm-hmm. and I thought that was so lame and so so lazy. And then but two weeks before uh the cartoon was to come out, I had submitted some of my work and, and Bernadette calls me. She says, I, I noticed you uh uh submitted uh your cartoons in black and white. I said, Yeah and she said, Do you mind coloring them? I said, Uh no. Yeah. And then she says, are you sure? Because I guess I paused or something and she goes, are you sure? I said, yeah. And then she says, you have no reservations about that. And I was like, Bernadette, that's the name of my cartoon. What? Without reservations? Without reservations. And uh, we came, well, I came up with the name in that conversation. Um,
0: but she inspired it to some degree.
1: Well, yeah, 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 of course, because yeah. I, I, I would never use that word reservations no. unless I was at a restaurant or yeah. something. But
0: what you're good at is you play off words. I mean, that's really one of the hallmarks of the cartoons. So from the beginning with the name, you're playing off words and stereotypes to kind of present a different view than maybe most people get.
1: Yeah, and, and I it turns out that um, when I was, uh, my dad dropped me off at a boarding school um, up in southern Colorado, the same tribe that, that had my in mm-hmm. the paper Southern tribe in Ignacio Colorado I was 15 and just learning basically learning English I was I was being forced actually to speak English and my dad sent me up there to get me away from my friends so I don't go to the Santa Fe Indian School or Bernalillo High School where they went so I was learning a lot of words a lot of phrases and uh, because of that, because of the fact that I was not really struggling, but I guess uh, using those phrases and words were somewhat comical to the kids who who uh, spoke English, and and so I just revert back to those times when I was just trying out these words, and and uh,
0: so you came to English as not a native speaker of English, and that makes words you play with them a lot.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. and it's 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 actually pretty pretty cool, you know, just yeah. uh, being able to come at you know uh, the english language from from that point of view
0: that's a good one we'll take a break real quickly and we'll be back in just a moment with ricardo cate cartoonist extraordinaire
2: Thanks, Inez. This is Patrick Dorsey, publisher of The Santa Fe, New Mexican. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Conversations Different with Inez Russell Gomez. Great local content is only possible with a talented staff dedicated to bringing you the best local content possible. For that staff to do its work, we need your support by subscribing to The Santa Fe, New Mexican. If you're already a subscriber, thank you, and if not, there's never been a better time to subscribe. In addition to our home-delivered newspaper that comes with full digital access, we also provide digital-only subscriptions for SantaFeNewMexican.com. We'll also be releasing more online-only audio and video programming moving forward. The Santa Fe New Mexican has been here for nearly 175 years, and we want to continue being your source for local news and information visit us at santafenewmexican.com slash subscribe or call us at 505-986-3010. Thank you.
3: It's a new day in New Mexico, and the doors to boundless opportunity are open as tens of thousands of New Mexicans reach higher to pursue a dream, broaden their horizons, and retrain for a better job. With the New Mexico Lottery and Opportunity Scholarships, you could build yourself a better future anywhere in the state. You put in the hard work, we'll help with the costs. For eligibility details, visit ReachHireNM.com.
0: back talking with cartoonist Ricardo Cate. He does Without Reservations, and it is one of the few, if not the only cartoon in a mainstream newspaper in America by a Native American, um, featuring Native themes and really giving us a peek into a world that most people don't ever see. And I think about how you've done one six days a week, every week since 2006. How do you come up with your ideas when you have to be on the line every single day?
1: I've actually been asked that question a lot. And I, I really, to this day, I can't really figure it out. It's it's just, uh, these things just, just, just come to me, just the way I see the world and how uh, uh, my experience as a Marine, as a father, as a teacher, um, it's, just, it's just the way I see the world, I guess. Um, I've never really quite figured it out, but but you mentioned earlier that I see something and, and you know, I, I, I get to the end point and And in a way, I, I guess I take shortcuts to get to whatever it is. Like uh, my first short film that I shot, when I first asked some of my friends uh, who shoot, shoot film, they said, oh, you need this. You got to have a, a, a certain thing and, and, and list of things. And I don't even remember because I don't know those things. All I did was I took my camcorder and I just... Shot what was in my head. I used three of my GED students at the time uh, to to help me shoot the film, and it wound up uh, getting honorable mention at the Indian Market uh, first uh, movie showcase. We lost to a movie that was uh, that took like two hundred thousand dollars to make, and here I was with just this one camera and uh, shooting this little film called Happy Days so so it's basically the same thing with the with with the cartoons uh people have told me that you have to draw it a certain way or <laughs> uh, your lines have to these lines have to be thicker or this or that but but this is the cartoon that I pictured in my head and uh growing up uh with uh charles Schultz's peanuts and how simple they were well that that's how I wanted my uh cartoons and so they're they're drawn simply simple but uh, the message is uh Huge.
0: Yeah, it's profound. It is. Yeah. And so you have characters, two characters that everybody loves, I think, the chief and the general. And what do you think makes them so appealing?
1: Um, well, I, I, I think, uh, I, I guess I lucked out when, at the big, very beginning, when I came out with these characters. I could have given the chief, like, a, a, a name, like a real, like a sitting bull or any of those uh Um, Chief Joseph, any of those famous names. And then, of course, the general looks like General Custer and he could have simply been Custer. But for some reason, I was able to foresee that if I did that, they would be I would be somewhat um, constricted to Mm -hmm. just those characters and, and things they've done. And so now they're. I decided to make them generic, like the chief and the general. They're very simple. They don't really have names. But then it turns out years later that now when they have a conversation, the chief is speaking for the natives and the general is speaking for the non-natives. And so I have a lot of fun with that.
0: Yeah. I remember a, 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 you had a streak of, of, of mentions of scalping, and people mm. would call to the paper, and they were very offended by that and i loved the response tell tell people about the cartoon you drew where the general gets buried up to his neck and because you can no longer scalp what happens to him
1: oh uh, from now on uh, we will be uh, combed and permed yeah. instead of being scalped and it 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 was a it was just my way of uh, trying to get back to what i was doing and you know um, this is my cartoon and it's a native cartoon and uh, for 538 years, no one's asked us, you know, how we felt about certain things. And now here's my chance to do that. And, uh, you know, I'm not gonna have anyone, you know, stop me at this point, because now I I have this, this really cool way of of, uh, putting Native issues on the table, and people are actually talking about it. And uh, so I, I figured out a way to do that. And I'd like to keep working on this and, uh, you know, see what happens.
0: Well, the first cartoon, I've always thought that was so—that was just a huge one because tell everybody about the first cartoon that ran in the paper. It's a father and a son, and they're overlooking this big valley. And what does the father tell the son?
1: Yeah, he's got his, uh, his right arm outstretched, and his left arm is around the shoulder of his son, young son, and he goes, someday, son, none of this will be yours. Um I had seen a New Yorker cartoon, uh, or, uh, somewhere I, I seen, uh, something like that where it's a, uh, father, son, and he goes, uh, well, I guess it's a famous phrase where the father says someday all of this will be yours, and, you know, but, but for us, you know, it's, uh, um, even though it's, it, it, you know, it, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it, it's funny, but at the same time, I'm like, uh, I'm very lucky because uh, the things that we do have have left uh, do not really have monetary value, such as land or gold or oil or, or whatever. It's, but it's our culture, our language. And, uh, and I think that's what makes it funny for natives, that particular cartoon. I mean, uh, they should be angry, but, but but I think they understand where I'm coming from, where I'm making fun of the fact that that those things don't really mean anything to us.
0: You have, you have an inheritance that's it's about more than things. Yeah. I mean, you speak your language. You spoke it as a child, in fact, had to learn English later. How did you make sure you passed it on to your children?
1: Um, well, the first thing was uh, I always talked to them in, in our language, and I, I never talk, uh, stopped. I still talk to them to this day. And uh, uh, I noticed that a lot of the children that are going to Head Start Uh, where they get them at age two, and even infants now. used to be from age three to four, they would go to Head Start. And I noticed a lot of the kids were losing their language, even though a lot of my nieces and nephews were being taught our language. But somehow they lost it at school because all the kids started uh, speaking English. And so I simply told my kids, uh, uh, they don't have any kids yet. I'm not a grandfather yet officially. but um, That you know of. That I know of. I, I said uh, I told them uh I don't want my grandkids going to head start because it's yeah. not necessary. I mean it's head start started off out as a social program where kids could get along with other kids and learn how to brush teeth, wash hands and stuff. But now it's it there's that academic aspect that kind of crept in and uh um I'm sure I could, you know, teach my grandkids all that in my language without, you know, uh Using any English, and right. and it's it's not going to hurt them one bit. And so, uh, they promised me that they would. My kids will not go to Head Start because of the fact that I want them to speak our language, oh. get a good grasp of speaking our language before
0: they go out into the world. Yes, yeah, that's a good time to take a break. We'll be right back with Ricardo Cate, cartoonist.
3: My name is Maria Jose Rodriguez Cadiz and I am the Executive Director with SOLACE Sexual Assault Services. Our mission is to prevent sexual violence and empower survivors of sexual violence through restoring dignity, strength, and resiliency. For almost 51 years, SOLACE has reduced the impact of sexual violence. We do it by focusing on human rights, social justice, hope, and dignity. We believe survivors are experts in their own experiences and acknowledge that empowering them is crucial to their healing. Our advocacy, forensic interviewing, and therapy services are centered to their needs. Our sexual violence prevention programs in schools and community is just as important. Please check our website at findsolace.org. And if in need, you can call our 24-7 hotline, which is 800-721-7273. Your support is crucial to the lives of survivors. Thank you. Gracias.
0: Recently, you were a spotlighted artist at the famous Comic-Con in San Diego, uh, which I think was pretty exciting for us at the paper to see you honored that way. But there was also a little surprise. Tell us what happened with um, the ink pot.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, first of all, it was my first uh, Comic-Con officially as a, as a, as a, Participant, I was a special guest, and I remember I I took my son, and we were all excited that Wednesday night when everything opened up and everyone was in costume. I was really excited. Oh, look, there's Batman. Oh, is that Gandalf? And uh, by day two, I had enough of all these nerds, and because there were so many, by (laughs) by by day two, I was like, get out of the way, Batman, move, Gandalf, right? And so, so Saturday, uh, I was able to get a booth. I. I, didn't plan on selling any merchandise or anything, but, um, but I found myself, um, without any, uh, anything to do because my panels were on Thursday and, uh, Wednesday and Thursday. And so, uh, so I had the whole weekend. Uh, and so real quick, I, I filled out a thing to, uh, uh, the the California tax thingy so you could sell. And, uh, I did it over the line and, uh, online and, and, uh, uh, I was able to get it within an hour, and so it's nice. very efficient, painting. unlike Mexico. Well, like I said, you know, it's uh, yeah. I take shortcuts, and so anyway, um, so I am here. I am sitting at this booth Saturday night, and th- these uh, people came up. Well, oh, <laughs> uh, actually, um, I, I went to go find a pen because one of my pens had dried up, and so I went looking for one. When I came back, doc- this guy <laughs> dressed up like Doctor Strange. Was telling the, the people there, oh, he'll be be back in a few minutes, and I was like, "What's Doctor Strange doing representing me?" And so, so I come up, and they go, "Oh, Ricardo, we have this award, and it was the Inkpot Award, and I'm very familiar with the Inkpot Award, which is uh, basically uh, your accomplishments and uh, as a cartoonist or a sci-fi writer or 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 whatnot.
0: It's a big deal.
1: Yeah, it's a huge it's deal. It's a big in deal. Fact, Stan Lee has one. Arnold Schwarzenegger has one. Terminator and of course Steven Spielberg has one and so I have one now, so they're in good company. <laughs> so uh so yeah, I, I, I got it. And so uh Doctor Strange stayed at my booth and uh he he wanted to celebrate with me and, and I thought it was very strange. I didn't know this guy from you know I don't know where he came. He from. He was
0: your new friend.
1: But yeah, yeah, he became my new friend and uh, friended on Facebook, and and so, but but the award was just uh, phenomenal. I, I if if you go on my Facebook page, you can see how emotional I got because uh, it's basically the Academy Award for uh, nerds like me, yeah. I guess. And so, uh, and it's really heavy too, like. Uh, very Did you have heavy.
0: to carry it on the plane?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. I uh I wouldn't say carry it. I, I, I would say uh I was uh cradling it.
0: Oh. <laughs> well I think it shows how influential that you have become outside of just New Mexico, that you're recognized on a on a national scale and that's that's a huge deal.
1: Well here's the thing. The the other two guys that were uh cartoon uh yeah, cartoonists that were invited, um first night, I remember, uh, we were sitting uh, at the lounge at the hotel, and I was sitting between them, and they were talking. And they had been doing cartoons for over 25 years, and, and they were talking to each other, and they go, uh, so, hey, how long did it take you to get invited uh, as a special guest to this Comic-Con? The other guy says, uh, oh, I've been trying eight years, and you? Oh, I've been trying for seven. And uh, so they asked me, Ricardo, how long has it taken you to get invited? And I didn't know what to say, so I just said uh, six, and they said right. It's it's really hard. I didn't have the heart to tell them that. Um, I didn't. I had no idea that this thing existed. I just out of the blue, I got an invitation from Comic Con nice. because they were familiar with my work, and uh, I had actually. I didn't have the heart to tell them that, but I didn't have the heart to tell them either that they had already asked me last year. Right, but I turned them down. Oh wow! I didn't know what what I was turning down this this huge deal. But but that year I was a I was tribe I was a tribal official I was a, one of the uh, war captains for the tribe and you know that's that's all I concentrated on. And so, like you said, this 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 thing I'm doing it's it, you know I'm pretty much mind my own business. People asked me to draw for other if I should draw for other newspapers, and I said absolutely not. I just want to be in this one paper oh, you could be famous, you could do... And I'm like, no, no, you can make more money, but it's not about the money. Right. It's 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 just, I, I, I just like being in this paper.
0: I still think that if we collect the more universal of all of the ones you've done, we could still, someday we're going to get you syndicated. That's that's our long-term goal. You also, I forget to say, are in the Taos News, which is a weekly paper that is the sister paper to the New Mexican. And you've been in the Osage paper as well, haven't you?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, uh Shannon Shaw Duty, who was uh is that her last name mm-hmm. still? Yep. Okay. Uh she was the editor for the Osage uh news and, and uh this was back a few years ago when that tribe, that particular tribe was going through uh monetary issues, land issues, oil issues, and and the uh the council was doing some outrageous things. And so she was sending me all these stories and I would draw cartoons specifically for, for whatever was happening there. And after about a few months, <laughs> that council demanded to know who I was.
0: Oh wow! They were asking her, <laughs> and
1: she would not tell them who I was because I didn't sign my cartoons. Uh, I was, uh, nice. but but the rest of the, but the readership, the the general public, loved the cartoons because mm-hmm. I was simply pointing out how silly all that stuff that was the going on with was. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh,
0: One of the things I used to tell people is that if you would go to a house at Taos Pueblo, there almost always was a cartoon of yours on the refrigerator. And literally we had an old Spanish man, this wasn't an Indian guy, this was an old Hispanic man who came in here and he had cut out all of your cartoons and had them in like a photo book. Mm-hmm. since they began to run. So there's a connection between you and and the people who who subscribe to this paper that is pretty special, I think.
1: I, I, I can't tell you how many people actually do that. They have a scrapbook. they send them off to other people around the country. They put them on the refrigerator. I don't know why the fridge um, the, the stove and dishwasher are probably jealous. but um, <laughs> yeah, people do that and and you know I, I, I remember doing that one time. With uh, one of Gary Larson's cartoons, I wanted to cut it out. I felt, you know, really, it was really funny. It was a Native cartoon, yeah. too. And, uh, and I cut it out, but that was just a one-time. But here, people do it all the time with my cartoon, and I find that fascinating. And, but, but at the same time, it's what keeps me grounded when I mm-hmm. think of those people and, and what this cartoon means to them.
0: Well, it's a way of being seen. Yeah. for people who aren't seen very often, and I think that's huge. And you've collected the cartoons into books. You have, I don't know how many, three, four published, but there's one that you can get at the Indian Public Cultural Center and other places. Yeah, it's still well, out.
1: Yeah, when I first started out, I actually self-published three three books, but they weren't they were unofficial. They don't even have the barcodes and the numbers and the Library of Congress thingy. They're there's just books I just put out there. And, I have uh, them all, and uh, <laughs> you have them all, and uh, that's that's cool. But people want want some more, and and so uh, the book that came out in two thousand twelve was the first official one through Gibbs Publishing, and it was the. Uh, without Reservations, Cartoons by Ricardo Cate. But since then, uh, Gibbs Smith passed away three years ago. And so his people uh, shot me an email and they uh, they said uh, they released me from doing book two with them. And I was very surprised, but I was happy too because book one, as far as uh, royalties go, me and the kids didn't, we got diddly squat, right? Yep. That's it. Uh, yeah, and so, uh, so it was
0: not a generous contract, shall we say? No, no,
1: no. And so I was very happy to to hear that they released me, and they and then they said uh, as a footnote, uh, book two generally doesn't do as well as book one. And I thought, oh my gosh, these people uh, up in uh, Utah, the publishing company, have no idea that there are thousands of people waiting for book two. And so me and the kids have been talking about it. Random House wants to publish. Our book, but but we're apprehensive about trusting anyone from here on. But, um,
0: well, I know I know a lawyer who can read the contract.
1: Oh yeah, okay.
0: So that that's the thing is to, is to get a good contract because then you can sell it and and make a good you know because they publicize it hopefully.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, and then that's what I want. I want I want. Uh, well, this first book, it's going to be a really. Uh, I'm, I'm going to come out with it before before this year ends because of my health conditions. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, uh, come out with the book of uh, the the COVID years, the the three years that I drew cartoons with the uh, stuff that was going on and stuff with the then president. That you know stuff you can't make up, but it was hilarious. And I honestly miss him as a cartoonist. Oh, I but don't. Anyway, um, that's what I want to come up with first because I was going through my cartoons of all those. During that time, and oh my gosh, the the, the cartoons were so funny and hilarious and, and very um, sentimental to to people who had lost people or what they were going through, and it wasn't uh, it was sensitive to, to to that, and there was not a mean cartoon in there, and so I thought, wow, this would be a great time to to for people to remember in a humorous way this 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 thing that we this country went through, this whole world went through. And so uh, that's what's coming out, I mean, hopefully in a couple months.
0: And you do a calendar usually every year, Not maybe not this year, but that's one of the popular, that's a, one of our Christmas gifts every year. We buy 10 Ricardos and hand them out.
1: Yeah, actually people are asking me already, but um, yeah. I don't think you'll be ready for the Indian market this year. But hopefully I'm thinking uh, this year is the first year since pre before COVID that San Domingo is having their uh, Arts and Crafts fair Labor Day weekend. So I'm hopefully unveiling the calendar that weekend. All right.
0: That's good. So there's something new coming at the newspaper. Should you ever get comfortable, you got a new studio in Bernalillo, you're drawing, and what happens when you finish enough cartoons?
1: Well, oh uh, This is
0: a big news announcement, people.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, I'm hoping uh, with, the, with the space that I have, uh, I have enough light and I have... Um, Uh, I will start drawing a a comic strip, a four panels comic strip, uh, with the chief and uh, the general and the other characters, which will hopefully be featured, uh, in in the Sunday edition. So you're going to be part of the Sunday funnies. Yeah. Yeah. That's the next thing. So I, I, I've always wanted to do that. I actually started out with the, with the, with the strip, uh, when I first started at age 11 and, uh. Uh, the panel I came up with that uh, back in two thousand and six, uh, so I'm good at both. So I, I'm really looking forward to being able to draw uh, the, 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 the strip because you have like three, three different um, uh, what do you call it uh, columns to set up the, the punchline, which is at the very end, and 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 I really like that because it has a kind of a Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. Uh, uh, feel to it.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think about it, you're good at setting up jokes, because you're also a stand up comedian. So this is going to be a chance to lay it out there a little bit with, with the one panel, you have to just tell it straight. But with this, you're going to have a little introduction and, and kind of follow up with a punchline.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really interesting when the, when I do that, because um, you would think that the this story is going, uh, or that joke is going one way, but then at the very end, there's this twist. And that's what I like about the the strip and, and doing stand-up comedy here. Uh, yeah. I like doing stand-up comedy. Every Wednesday, me and my friends, we uh, d- do it up here at the Chili Line. It's a it's an open mic. I, I just think uh, comedy, uh, doing stand-up, it's, it's the most frightening thing I think I've ever done which is why I do it, yep. and so now I concentrate on that because uh, for some reason it's 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 helping me socially, it's helping me with the comics, it's helping me just being able to get my point across, um, something about comedy and, and uh, how... Uh,
0: um, how people relate in that in that atmosphere, in the, in the, in the club or in the stage.
1: Yeah, yeah, because yeah. most of them are strangers, and you go up on stage and the first thing they go is like, wow, who's this guy, and so... You introduce yourself and and then uh, of course I introduce myself as a Native American and I'll go yeah as you can see I'm Native American you may have seen me scalping tickets outside or something like that and <laughs> and, and and then and then it starts you know yeah. uh, I just go from there and uh, just But just like my cartoon, a lot of my jokes are universal. They're not like uh, inside jokes that only Natives get. And right. so I'm really working on that, and I think that helps me with my cartoons. That
0: makes sense. On the other hand, how many comic strips ever had a joke about people pointing lips? Because there is mm-hmm. some really inside Native humor in your cartoons, and that's what's so subtle, I think, about it, because you have the universals you know, the the two guys going to the bathroom peeing in the river yeah, and don't drink that water kind of thing. That's universal. But then you have the tribal officials or, you know, the. I love the Diabetes Conference and they're serving donuts. Mm. You know, you just have a lot of things that hit on a lot of levels.
1: Yeah, I think you already sp- said that at the very, very beginning when you were introducing me where I, you said uh, that um, I'm drawing things that, or introducing people to the native world and, and so... Uh, so I do it in a subtle way, but 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 uh, people actually get it.
0: Yeah. And that's a really good place to wrap up. We've enjoyed talking to Ricardo Cate, who draws Without Reservations, that appears in the Santa Fe, New Mexican, and we are very glad that it does. Thank you, Ricardo, and have a great day.
1: Thank you.